Input. Output. Hi, this is Input Output, and I'm your host, Mark Yarm. Today on the Input Output podcast, we've got stories about an offensive face app and a promising retail space. Scott Disick and Brody Jenner are facing backlash for promoting an app that fans are calling digital blackface. Reality TV stars Brody Jenner and Scott Disick recently came under fire for promoting the Gradient app, which lets you see what you'd supposedly look like as a different race. Naturally, InputMag.com editor Ryan Houlihan and editor-in-chief Joshua Topolsky are disgusted by this digital blackface. They join us to discuss. Brody Jenner loves blackface. Have you ever seen Brody this? Jenner? I last time I saw Brody Jenner is I tried to watch the uh, Hills reboot, and uh, I was like, "Oh, this is bad. It stinks," and I have to stop watching it. Brody Jenner uh, posted, and Scott Disick, and a bunch of other people posted pics from this app called Gradient, and they obviously are either paid or are invested in it because that definitely seems the kind of dumb thing that they would do. And it's like a really shady sketch ass app, but they have a filter, which is like ostensibly supposed to be like what you'd look like if you were from Asia or Africa. What do you, you know, think you would look like if you were Indian? Is it brown face? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just think yes. it's like, I think even very sophisticated blackface is blackface, you know? Yeah. Brown face. I just think generally speaking, Generally speaking, don't pretend to be other races. Don't, How about don't that? do it. Don't do a, don't do yeah, a, don't I, do impressions of other races. I think How there's a that? really, I think there's a really clear line with filter with face filters. Okay. I'm not saying don't use face filters. I think there's ones that do stuff to your face. You know, they add some makeup to it. Right. Or like put a funny hat on you or some glasses or whatever. And then there's ones that I'm turn a cat you, now. It's ones that turn you into a black version of yourself. And it just looks really fucked up and racist. You know, yeah. it's like you should be able to like, See I the mean, difference. I know common sense doesn't exist. I do know that now. Yeah, but you'd yeah. think, you'd think, you would you think, would think. <laughs> you would think, they'd, you would think it'll somebody around like Scott Disick or Brody Jenner would be like, hey, 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 bud, bro, hey, bro, <laughs> this is, um, I think this is going to, people are going to, this is going to look a little racist, I think. It was kind of like blackface. He'd be like, oh, dude, you're right. Yeah. Sorry, bro. That's bad. I'm going to delete this app. You know, Scott Disick, like he would look up from the mirror of cocaine and, uh, and uh, who's the girl he dates now? Uh, Richie, maybe Sophia Richie, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know like if they 22. still 22. Yeah. And she would look up from the cocaine plate and she'd be <laughs> like, you know, Scott, I think that app is actually my, it might come off as racist. And he's like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. You're so right. Cause he's, you know, high on Coke. And, uh, <laughs> You know, three but times as racist as no, normal racist. Three races at once. You think what a Scott Disick's like, you like, he's like, yo, bro, we're going to go look at that sushi spot today. We're opening that new sushi restaurant or because that's what Scott Disick is always doing. It's like, yo, bro, we're going to start a car company or something like that. And then <laughs> they'd have been like, they're like in there, they're in the back of a Hummer or whatever new, the new Hummer is like one of those G wagons. And, uh, you know, somebody's like, yo, bro, hey, this app's racist, man. This is, don't do this. And he's like, dude, you're so right. Here, do you want another bump of cocaine? <laughs> Anyhow, they didn't do that. They didn't do it. And the app makers who are like from somewhere, <laughs> like doing something with your data, the app makers are like, maybe two Russian guys backed by a Chinese company, but you know, whatever. It's fine. I don't care. I don't personally care. 
Um, but then again, I'm not doing like Facetune shit. So anyhow, they're like, they're like, oh, hey, let's do the thing. Let's do the race filter or whatever. But then also they're like, they have a filter, which they advertise on their website. I wonder if it's still there. Hold on. The app is called Gradient, in case you're wondering. AI face changer. Have they updated? No, they have not updated it. Your ethnicity estimate. What's your DNA ancestry? The app asks. It takes a picture of your face and it says, oh, this, here's, here's a picture of Elvis Presley, 39% Jewish which is not an ethnicity, just to be clear, it's not. We can debate that, but Jewish is not an ethnicity. And, and I mean, there's a lot of arguments. It's just not. Eastern European is, and there are a lot of Jews from Eastern Europe. At any rate, Jewish, Scottish, American, British, British, also not an ethnicity. American, <laughs> not an ethnicity. Scottish, not an ethnicity. These are just stereotypes that these people are just look like. These are, these are just the Jewish, I don't even think it's an Israeli flag. It's like a fake flag, whatever. The point is, the shit is so, like, so racist and like bad and dumb and is all of the stuff that's wrong with like the world right now where you're like he's a this thing i mean it's fun if you're like researching your ancestors i think that's wonderful if you're using it to like define your existence then you're a fucking loser sorry i mean i just think if you're like i'm you know a scottish i'm scottish and i so i do scottish stuff it's like i don't know it's like horoscope people who are like you know i love cupcakes because you know i'm a cancer what what are you talking about she's a cancer all right here's the thing i'm from a russian-ish area which may or may not have been the ukraine and or like uh what's hungary and some other places at some point you know i love vodka (laughs) you know is it because of my eastern european ancestry it's hard to say is it because i'm an american suffering through a tremendous uh depression right now uh and living in a hell world that is quickly approaching like civil war territory i mean maybe it's possible we don't know luckily gradient will tell me and then also show me what i look like if i were black. and then also sell your face data want to hear more from ryan and joshua then stay tuned for today's second story Together, we work very hard to offer you inspiring home furnishing solutions. We do so by staying true to the IKEA vision and values, created by Ingvar Kamprad right here in Elmhurst. These are still valid values that we live by in everything we do in all of our businesses around the world. IKEA is debuting its very first secondhand store in Sweden. The store will offer repaired items plus old stuff from the furniture chain's popular lines. The company says that its eco-friendly move is to encourage sustainability among its consumers. Here are InputMag.com editor Ryan Julian and editor-in-chief Joshua Topolsky discussing IKEA's announcement. I was trying to find a positive news story. Here's one. Oh, yeah. IKEA is launching its own secondhand store to cut down I love on it. waste. I'm loving it. It's all about upcycling and not having to go on sketchy Craigslist forums to mm. find I've just bought something furniture. on Craigslist, actually, and it was great. Yeah, I thought well, it was a great experience. I mean, you know, there have been Craigslist murders, so you win some, yeah. you lose some. 
I mean, I, I was, you know, I did murder somebody when I picked up the, the thing. But So, you know, Ikea, if you've ever been to an Ikea, and Tony, I don't heaven, know if you have heaven, or not. Absolute heaven. Also I hell. Not, I would say more, definitely more in the hell range of feelings. Well, it starts off good because, right, you're at the cafeteria. You've got a lot of big hopes and dreams. You've signed up for the family discount card. Well, yeah. You're ready to go. You're like, I'm yeah. going to pick out a, a dresser. And then you're surrounded by a family of 15, inexplicably nine of which are babies, and they're all crying, and you can't move move it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot it's a it happens you have to walk through a hundred living rooms i mean i will say this i will say this in regular places and honestly in regular places ikeas are pretty enjoyable in 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 brooklyn i'm gonna be be straight with you like in around in new york and the surrounding areas you know it's like a trader like in trader like in pittsburgh a trader joe's is a wonderful place yeah. People love going to Trader Joe's, okay? It's They're enjoyable. Like, they got those nuts I like. They got – prices are great, organic, everywhere. JoJo's. JoJo's. But in New York, going to a Trader Joe's is ups- an upsetting experience. It's like a war zone. That's – Ikea in New York is like that, but like quadrupled because it's – Ikea is fucking huge and everybody needs stuff. And it's hard to buy stuff in New York. Everybody waits for the weekend because you can't go during the week because you're busy. And also everyone's getting it delivered. So there's a giant right, line right. to have there's everything There's lines delivered. everywhere. There's lines everywhere. And also Ikea is a store where they're like, take this pallet on wheels and pile things, whatever. Put a sofa on there. Put a dining room table on there. You know, And then you're like, you want to buy some plants for your apartment? Put like several palm trees on a pallet and then just steer it around the store. It's like you're at a, you know, I don't know what the right thing to compare it to is. It's like Costco in New York. Go to a Costco in New York. It's a fucking nightmare. But so anyhow, so Ikea in every, at least in every store that I've been to, has a little section usually near the checkout. (gasps) I know the room. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like the room of stuff that got like kind of fucked up or damaged or was like an open box. right away. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, you know, a room of stuff that they like. weird. Put on discount, and it's like, it's like, like if all was, the if all the furniture was Pixar animated, those ones are a little sad or off. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like there are ones like where it's like this was a bed frame that has like a foot a headboard and a footboard, but like the footboard is missing. Or like, yeah. I'm well, a dresser, like, but one of the drawers doesn't open. Yeah, it's like a chair What's with in three. There? It's, like, it's a chair with like three legs. There's like one that's just missing or whatever. Yeah. Or like, or like, you I'm know, a leather like, couch that has been slashed with a knife. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or there's like, you know, there's like a. Uh, a dresser that has like a veneer and like on one side of the dresser, the veneer just is off and you can see the exposed like a particle board underneath or something, you know, or it's one strip of it along the edge and it's cheaper. It's cheap. It's like, this is cheap furniture. You can buy it. It's like secondhand. So I think what they've done is they've taken those little rooms and they've made one gigantic room in Sweden. Yeah. And and then people can bring furniture back and upcycle it and buy new furniture, which I think is good. I think it's good to reuse stuff. I also think Ikea should be very clear that they're going to help supply the missing parts or like cover the particle board with a little magic marker or something. I think they will. They they do say that they're going to be doing some repairs and they're going to be doing some like resurfacing of things to help this part of the store, which we called um, Retuna. Yeah, Retuna. Very very cute Swedish name. There was this period of life in the late 90s, mid to late 90s, where there was like a group of things that went together that you really signaled that you were a certain kind of person. It was like IKEA, Volkswagen cars, and Apple computers. I feel like those three things were like, you would find them in a lot of situations. It was like this, like, I'm getting my life together. It was like people who are like, I'm finally getting my life together. 
And so I'm sh- I bought some furniture at IKEA. I got finally got one of those clam book backs, those multicolored clam book backs. <laughs> and I'm driving a VW Golf. I'm not saying that this was me, but like definitely did all of those things. <laughs> yeah, there's like, a genre of person who like was heavily inspired by like uh, network sitcoms and the WB. And, but, and also like, Europe, I want also that Europe, lamp. It's like European stuff is just a little bit better. It's yeah, just a metrosexuality bit, where yes, you get one yeah. of those lamps from Target that's like yeah. it's a cone. It's yeah, also well, like, like, like also this is like Philip Stark. Remember with Philippe, or Philippe Stark? Remember when he made all the Target like cutlery and stuff? Like mm-hmm. that's like more like early 2000s. But wait, like two, who? Who did the Target? It was um, wait, Isaac Mizrahi. Yeah, Mizrahi. That was a little bit later. That was a little bit later than the Philippe Stark collaboration. But the Philippe Stark collaboration is kind of post this era. At any rate, it's like end of the uh, 2000s, you know, this trifecta. But Ikea is interestingly – and I and I, and, and Ikea I think is like obviously to some degree very responsible for people thinking about design in their homes. And that's really interesting. But they're also one of the worst offenders in history – for making things that normally were you bought for a lifetime into things that were, that you might throw out in a couple of years and then buy more of. It used to be if you bought nightstands, that was the kind of thing you were like, I'm buying nightstands now. And for the foreseeable future, maybe for the rest of my life, these are going to be nightstands that I have. You weren't like, well, maybe in a few years I'll get rid of these I remember my parents inherited my grandma's bedroom furniture set when they got married. And that's shit that was lifetimes, sometimes multiple lifetimes. And everybody should at some point, I mean, I would guess that everybody listening to this and I would guess that most people have things in their house that are like, this was my grandmother's and my mother had and they gave it to me or whatever, you know, little things like whatever. But then also big things, couches. When you bought a couch in the old days, you weren't like in a few years, I'm going to get rid of this couch. If it's 19, and then this is a a long time ago, but 1965, when you bought a couch, you weren't buying a couch for five years. You were buying a couch for life. Potentially, you know, you were buying like you were buying things that like stereos. You weren't buying a stereo and going like, oh, in a couple of years, I'll upgrade the stereo. There was no such thing as an upgrade. Upgrade didn't exist. You bought what you could afford and you expected to have it forever to some degree. Dishwashers, refrigerators, washers and dryers. There are houses that have washers and dryers in them that are 30, 40 years old. There's a reason, you know, that's how they were built. So anyhow, I, but Ikea popularized in many ways this concept of disposable furniture, of furniture that could be very easily smashed or broken down or just put outside or whatever. It didn't cost you that much in the first place. And then you might replace it with more Ikea stuff, you know? And the concept of disposable furniture, the concept of disposable fashion, the concept of disposable uh, home goods, and to some degree, you know, the things that we live with, like electronics, some of them, obviously there's, there is progress there. You know, CES, they have new refrigerators at CES every year, okay? Every year, they have a new refrigerator. And they've been doing that for a long time. I mean, they're going to have one virtually next year. But, you know, so I – but there is this like – I do think just generally speaking, especially now, where thinking about where we're at, IKEA did something very bad to the world, which – and I think it made gave an entire generation of people this idea that like – you your furniture is going to kind of be cheap and bad and like you'll throw it out at some point and get more of it. And it's a pretty bad horrible idea in, in the long run. It creates waste, it creates it it contributes to to climate change in all the um greenhouse gases that are emitted in the production of that stuff. Um it creates additional waste in landfills as people throw things out that they really shouldn't be throwing out. It it devalues 
I mean, the products themselves are like devalued in a way that I think is just kind of generally bad for the way we think about like stuff we live with and how we live, you know, and it, and it creates like crass consumerism. And I say this is a man who upgrades his iPhone every year, but it did create like a type of crass consumerism that that spread to places like Walmart and to Target and all these other places that I think is like if you go way deep down, if you look way deep down at like the progression of like uh, how we've arranged ourselves economically, particularly in America, but you can look across the, the world, you know, we have built mountains of uh, businesses, huge businesses on this concept of like cheap disposable shit that you're always going to buy some more versions of that you don't have to like think too much about. And then it will be, is like plentiful. And like that stuff only exists because of like utter destruction that we've done to human beings and the planet. And so to Ikea, I say, fuck you, Ikea, but also I can't wait to check out your secondhand shop. <laughs> I turned your nice thing into a, a not nice thing. You can follow Ryan on Twitter at Ryan Houlihan and Joshua at Joshua Topolsky. I am at Mark Yarm. For more news from the world of technology and culture, visit InputMag.com. You can click on the links in the show notes for the stories we discussed today. New episodes of Input Output are released three times a week. If you enjoyed what you heard, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. You can find Input Output on your smart speaker or whichever podcast app you use. Thanks for listening. <laughs>